What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, we are here with Henry Johnson. Henry, how's it going? <laughs> oh, well, man. How you doing, Matt? Doing good. I, you know, right before we started recording that we checked back to when we had the first podcast and like, I was wondering like, was it 2021? No, it was like early 2020. Like it has been, it has been some time since, uh, since we've chatted and like, I think a lot's happened, you know, for everyone since then. So, um, you know, be just happy to do this and just catch up and record it and see what comes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Let, let's have some fun. So I think my, uh, my first question uh, is just tell for people that maybe didn't listen to the first episode, they didn't know where like you kind of where you started um, in regards to kind of forward thinking founders. Walk us through like, where were you in uh, <laughs> a- April or March of 2020 um, in the in the kind of making online businesses world? And we can just kind yeah. of uh, go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy that it's been. What is that? Uh, well, almost a year almost two years now almost two years not two years since we spoke uh i mean that was literally in the midst of the, the beginning of the pandemic that, that we had that conversation and i had just started rockship jobs like i think two months prior and i was i don't even i don't even know if i was charging yet for for the uh for rockship jobs at the time so uh it was just me you know writing a newsletter about hot startups that i thought people should join um, and, and I was just having fun with it. I, I, I don't, long story short, I mean, I've ended up changing it a lot since then. Uh, I'd started charging for it. I'd made some money. Then I got burnt out on writing a newsletter every week. And I see you're still like writing yours and I, I get it all the time. And it's like, man, I just do not know how you do it, bro. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, so I, I, I changed mine to like more of a, a database company kind of structure where, you know, people pay me a monthly fee for a database that's updated uh, weekly of like the hottest jobs in startup land, right? From startups that, you know, LinkedIn, AngelList, Forbes say are like, you know, they, they released that list of like top startups of the year. I just, you know, kind of scrape their websites for the jobs that they have coming for those for those companies and, and release it to people, uh, you know, put it all in a database, it's like 7,000 jobs updated every week and like you know be like extra 500 600 jobs released every week and just send that to people make sure that they know kind of what's going on for the hottest startup so yeah it's been a journey for sure but it's fun i I feel like the uh like the internet has pretty much like unlimited uh you can do anything on the internet and (laughs) it's just like kind of deciding where you're gonna point your uh where you're gonna point the ship and start going until you kind of go in you know the direction that kind of makes sense for you on the uh the newsletter front well i feel like i kind of have like a uh 
unfair advantage on writing newsletters because i've been writing online since like 2014 so like yeah. when subs when Substack came around um and just like all these like newsletter platforms you know yeah a ton of people were like i want to do newsletters and and um i've kind of already like trained my fingers and my brain to be like i i mean like since 2014 to just like write a lot so yeah. when i saw all these people doing it, i'm just like i wonder who's gonna i wonder who's gonna kind of yeah stick around or stick it out because it's hard it's like it's i mean hard, i don't man. do it consistently i mean if you if you get yeah. my my newsletter you know that like it's not every week. It's not even every two weeks. It might be twice in a week or three times in four months. But like, yeah, whenever I got something to say, I say, it. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and that was what killed the newsletter for me is like, I don't mind writing. I just don't like I don't want to have to write every week on a certain time. Right. I mean, granted, that sometimes works better from a growth standpoint. But like to write a, a timely newsletter once a week, every week, like it's cool. Like one week, one week, then the next week, then even like a month or two, it's fine. And then all of a sudden it's like, you went out, you know, you go out on Sunday night and it's like, I got to get this thing out, you know, by 6am, you know, 8am Monday morning. It's like, I'm not in the position. I'm not in the mindset to do that right now. And then people were paying me for it. Right. So it's like, Oh my gosh, I I have to do it. I have no choice. And then it just became like, I don't want to be on, this is not the treadmill that I want to be on, you know? So I, I started to like, figure out how I could make a change. Uh, and actually I, I had paid, I started to, um, I, I outsourced it. I found a good writer on, on Twitter. He started writing for me, but then he leveraged like, you know, writing for me to like help him get a job as like a, a full-time job as a writer, which I was super happy for him. But I was like, oh man, now I have to start writing this thing again. Absolutely not. So, yep. uh, so I, I just made a, you know, a pivot pretty much. What do you think of the idea of doing a paid newsletter, but upfront, like very clearly making sure that the subscribers know, hey, like this isn't a regular newsletter, like you get you get my you get my thoughts whenever I feel like writing them and and it might be twice in a week, kind of like what, what I said earlier, but like, like the the angle is like this is irregular and you're signing up for an irregular an irregular newsletter. Do you think that could work? I mean, I think it could work, but I think you'd have to be somebody who like, uh, like, like, for example, if like, if like Jason Calacanis or like David Sachs, like we were talking about all in, right? Like, yeah. like Tremoth is like, I'm going to write a newsletter every so often, but you're going to pay me $10 a month. You may pay for three months in a row that I don't send you anything. Yeah. But on that fourth month, I'm going to send you some heat. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's Tremoth because it's, it's Jason. Just, exactly. Yeah. It's Tremoth. Like, if it was just like, but, but like, it was just somebody random, like some random person that like, you know, has like a thousand followers on Twitter or even me. Right. I'm, I'm like, I, I, maybe people would pay for it for me, but like, I don't think I would pay for it for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so I, I think, I think, it, I think it'd be uh, tough if you're not like a big name already, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's what people kind of found out in this last like creator, the cre- this creator, like boom, like everyone kind of had being a creator was kind of the bee's knees for like a year, year and a half. And I think people realize just like, it, it's like, it's hard. And when there's so many creators, there's only so much kind of like attention and at least in one niche, it's just yeah. kind of hard, you know? Like, I mean, like there's a lots of attention in the world, but it's like, most people are just building for like one or two niches, like FinTech yeah. or just startup world. And it's kind of hard. Well, well, that's, that's the challenge I find myself in is like, I don't know my niche. I don't know what niche I want to be in. Like, like, cause like, like I said, you know, I had the startup job thing. Right. And it was fun, but then like, uh, I'm now, like I told you, I'm selling it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm selling it uh, on micro. Which I want to talk about. 
Uh, well, yeah, let's yeah, talk about. I mean, so you're how how do you sell? Like, what do you like? Tell me, how are you selling it? Like, 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 how would you hear about micro acquire and like, what's that yeah. process been like? They give us the give us the download on selling uh, selling the company. Yeah. So I mean, so how I heard about it. Um, I mean, Andrew Gazdecki, the guy who started, is just like prolific on on Twitter. So I'm always like, I see a bunch of his stuff. And um, and I actually ended up buying a, a business earlier this year. So like I, not off micro acquire, but like I, I was in that realm. But 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 he gave me a free um, like uh, membership to micro acquire just because I'm always on you know Twitter talking to him and things like that. I don't know. He liked me. So he let me in. And I was like, man, well, whenever I end up selling a business, I'll make sure to go there first. So I, I decided I, I wasn't doing anything with this business like pretty much my virtual assistant like runs the entire business now. Uh, so I was like, all right, it's time to go. I'm not growing it, but there's a lot of potential. So I put it on micro acquire. I mean, the business makes like uh, this month we'll probably do almost $700 uh, MRR. And I was like, and I, I just wrote it on Twitter. Like, you know, like, I think I'm going to put this up. This is the price that, I mean, this is how much I make per month. Uh, you know, I'm going to put it up. And somebody messaged me like, man, you could probably get 40, 50,000 for that. And I'm like, really okay let's uh let's play with this so so i put up a micro acquire and i just put it for 30 i put it for thirty thousand. and i mean i'm talking to like almost 10 people right now about like about buying it and uh, i mean i put it up uh i want to say friday uh so it's monday now so like over the weekend like this kind of it's moving and I, i'm excited man like thirty thousand dollars for this like it, it was worth the, the two years of work for sure uh, and it's not, and I learned a lot, you know, so I'm having fun. Well, so I'm curious, is it as easy? Like, so you have that, you have this directory, you have this database and you just, I mean, t- how does it work? I mean, you just put, <laughs> yeah. you just, I'll go on micro acquire. Hey, we're making this bunch. Who wants it? Or like, yeah. do they do they make you plug in your financials? Like what's the process? Yeah, yeah. Of actually so that, that's exactly it? how it works. It's like, um, uh, yeah. So the database, everything's automated. I mean, I, I pull, I pull the jobs from, like so the, the the manual part was I had to find the companies that I want to pull the jobs from right and the way that I decided which companies that we're going to pull the jobs from is like if they were on like the Forbes like top 100 startups list Angelist top you know 100 startups from each year right Angelist Forbes and uh, I think LinkedIn are like the ones that I, I use and then like I went to all their websites find their like jobs and then like I, I scrape it uh, uh, or pull from the API one of the two uh, every week. And I had to have that that process automated through like some no code tools, pull it into Airtable, and then every like I think uh, I think it's like Thursday night at like four a.m. deletes the whole Airtable and then just replenishes it with the new stuff. And then I just put that you know I, I, that's that's how the the database works. And then I <clears throat> I took I was like all right this works. And then we send the email every Monday, and I was like all right the business is there right. Now I just not need to go put this on to, to micro acquire and do some cleaning up on the back end of like making sure if I could, I wanted to make it easy to pass on to somebody else because it was kind of hodgepodge before. And, uh, but I, but I did all that and I put it on micro acquire. Yeah. I had to put in my financials. So that's why I'm like, I have no problem telling you got you that, you know, financial now at all. Right. I mean, it, it, I put in, you know, it does like 600 bucks a month. It's uh you know, I pay probably like a hundred bucks a month in terms of, uh, you know, different products that I use, Webflow, Airtable, et cetera. Um, and, you know, this is how much time I spend on it. Like literally, I don't spend any time on it at all, really, a month. Um, and, 
put $30,000, how much it is. And then people, you know, hit me up and, and ask me more questions. And then one, and one thing I do, that I don't know if everybody else does, but when people ask me more questions as like, I'm learning what more people want to know about, I put that in my micro require uh, profile so that, you know, the next person doesn't have to ask me the questions kind of, kind of idea, you know? Totally. Man, that is like, is that like a, uh, like a 17, 18 X on like revenue multiple? That's super cool. Well, because it's a database. I mean, it's, it's in the HR world, which is so like yeah. the, every, the great resignation is probably helping you a lot with the multiple. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's, so it's six. So what, what is, what did I say? I'm putting, I'm putting it for 30,000 and it, it does 600 now. So that's a, a 50, 50 X MRR. Oh yeah. I'm like totally yeah. bad at that. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that's like way out, way above what I said. That's, well, that's, well, that, that's four, that's four, that's four years, four years, uh, AR that's four X ARR, which yeah. I mean, when I bought my company, I, I mean, I bought a Shopify app earlier this year. Right. And I bought that for, um, for like 2.3 X ARR, but I did that through like cold outreach. On 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 microquire, you're gonna pay more. You're gonna pay higher higher uh, higher higher uh, multiples because you have more competition, right? Microquire has the high, like. If I put my my Shopify app on microquire right now, I'd probably get five to six x uh, you know multiples because it's actual it's an actual software product. I think this being a database product, I'm getting lower multiples probably than I than I than I would. Well, I just realized something. So I, I, I am not in the world at all of buying and selling businesses. Like I've never, no, I mean, not, this conversation will probably like make me think about it. Like maybe I can yeah. snatch something on microquire, but the, you, you just helped me realize something. The multiple is the AR multiple. So like yeah. you could, you could make, you know, 500 a month, a thousand dollars a month. And it's not a multiple of the monthly. It's you times that by 12. And that's, that's the mold. I didn't, I didn't think about that. That's, that's, um, I probably uh, sound like an idiot, but that's like, that. I mean, I'm sure other people didn't know that either. That's super well, interesting. So, so I, yeah. So the fact is I thought you were in the world a little more, so I'll give you, I'll give you a, a breakdown. Right. So no, it so, just real quick. I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like deep, 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 as you know, in the world of like startups and venture capital. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like, because I'm so deep in that world, like, I don't like, I don't know any other worlds in depth yeah. at all. So yeah, I just assume I don't know anything but startups and venture capital. Fair, fair enough. So it's funny because I, you know, I was in that world with you, right? Like, I mean, the startup job watches startups, right? Um, but like, I just wanted to be, I, I, I knew I needed revenue. Like for me, I'm like trying to quit my job and like, you know, so I need, I need profit. So, so uh, I got into the like buying and selling businesses really because of Sean and, and Sam from my first million. I was like, like they brought it up. They kept bringing it up. And I was like, this may be a good idea. Let me try it. Uh, and I, I dove in. And, and what I've learned is like, people talk about it differently. Sometimes people talk about multiples of AR. And then if you follow some other people, like they'll talk about multiples of MRR. So, I mean, I, I can talk about it either way. I tend to talk about it versus a multiple of an AR, right? So, um, like I said, like this was a multiple of like 4X AR and my, my, the purchase I made was 2.3X AR. But I'm always trying to like, the, the idea is you want to buy low as you know lowest you know multiple possible because i i mean the, the cool thing in terms of like a um what do you call it a arbitrage that that would work really well right now if you wanted to is like do cold outreach to like you know let's say you were trying to buy um you know wordpress plugins you could do cold outreach to a bunch of wordpress plugins buy them you know you know by through cold outreach probably buy them for like a multiple of like 3x 
then just relist them immediately to, to micro acquire for, you know, five, six X because the buyers are a micro acquire, but like a lot of sellers don't know that unless you're in that like Twitter world. So there, there is a, there's an arbitrage there that you can really do if you have like the technical chops, uh, which I don't. So that's the only reason I'm not doing it, but who knows if I build the right team, I may, I may start. <laughs> so could could like is microcar type of company where like I could buy something like for Seed Scout? Like, is there like all sorts of like what are some of the things that are listed on microcar? This is such like a, a new world to me because if microcar does win, and they probably will. Andrew's a beast. Like this guy is insane. Um, he's like I think I had him on like episode like four hundred. Then like three months later, he's like, oh, we just raised six billion dollars. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. like you're a machine. Yeah. But like if it works, right? If it grows. I mean, this could be like the new, like this truly could be like not just small acquisitions, but large acquisitions. So I feel yeah. like I need to like start paying attention more. Um, but like what, like what, uh, what types of stuff can you buy a micro acquire? Like, could I buy something for like 10 grand? Like what, what, what are the options on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. So um, one, one thing I'll say, right. Like, so, so they sell all types of businesses on micro acquire. Like uh, it's like mostly sat, mostly like, you know, um, in this world, like SaaS or, or, or e-commerce, like, you know, things that are digitally based, like, you know, you're not going to find like a plumbing company there mostly. Um, but like, you know, there's database companies like mine, there's, there's SaaS companies, there's Shopify apps, there's e-commerce, you know, stores and things like that. Uh, and, and they have all different price ranges. Like I've talked to people about buying apps for $15,000. Cause that's how much I bought my Shopify app for. I bought it for 15. Um, and, and there, then there's some, there's even some, there were at least some for 10. The challenge, like I said, with micro, micro acquire for me was like the multiples were a lot higher than what I wanted to pay as like a novice buyer. Now, like maybe I would do it because like I understand how to buy an app and then grow it. So it'd be more like it, it, you're competing against more experienced people on there. So that, that can be the challenge with it. But like, if you had 10 grand, you wanted to buy an app for sure. There are apps there on micro require to do it. I mean, I love it. I, I mean, I think this buying and selling apps thing or buying some businesses is, is, is going to be a lot of fun over the next few years. I'm like making the account right now because I'm just curious. Like, are there any like uh, things that are like a compliment to Seed Scout, right? I'll probably like check it tell, out. Tell check me it about out later. Seed Scout. Like, how has it changed? Like, I mean, because since I've talked to you, I mean, Seed Scout's <laughs> involved a lot. I mean, I don't even think it was called Seed Scout when I was. Dude, first- where we <laughs> talked, it was so I was still forward thinking city. Which yeah. ended up turning into Seed Scout didn't wasn't even a thing yet. When we first talked, I hadn't even started the company. I was still working at Prenda, which yeah. was the yeah. uh, the education company I was I was I was working at. And yeah, I mean, if we talked in April, what happened? Um, so I was working at Prenda from April. Well, I mean, from November of 2019 through July of 2020, and then because of COVID, I mean, speaking of everything that we're talking about here. I mean, like just it was chaos that was happening, and 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 this chaos was a perfect ground for like entrepreneurship. So there's so many people trying to start stuff, and I'm like, I need to like do something here. Like I am like an entrepreneur. I can I, I like I I'm able to take because of my um because of my situation because of you know how lucky I am and also the amount of willing of risk that I'm willing to like bear as like a human. Um, mm-hmm. I decided to quit my job and take some risk and build something. 
Um, and then the the beginning was Forward Thinking City. So it was like a, a virtual city for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, that were really founders, like startup founders, where they could come pay 20 bucks a month to get access to events and stuff. And then, wow, what a journey since I started <laughs> that. I mean, we ultimately killed that because I didn't like the idea of founders paying anything. So then I like started going down this path, like, oh, what if we did like Lambda School for VC, where if we help a founder raise money, we get a cut. I realized that was a very bad idea when VC, when I got a, lo- a lot of feedback from the market. Yeah, so why, then, why? Why? What was the feedback? That's well, that so the thing is, so a lot of people are trying this now. And if anyone is listening, you're welcome for telling you why what you're doing probably won't work, at least <laughs> in this market. It's because... Let's say you're a founder, right? And you want to work with 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 Seed Scout on your capital raise. You say, Matt, I'm willing to give you 5% of what we raise to you if you help us raise money. Well, whose money are you giving? Like, is it is yeah. it your money or is it a VC's money? So it's really the VC needs to be fine with giving 5% of what they give to you to a to a pretty much a broker. And yeah. some might be fine with that. But the best they'll be like, you can't do this. Like you couldn't do this without giving this guy 5%. Like that's a signaling issue. And of yeah. course there is the, like, the, you know, there's the, the, the huge problem in startups, which is just the diversity problem where like some of these vehicles, some of these ways are how you get more out of network founders in the game. But that, you know, I've identified that that is not going to be a way that, uh, that, that, that it works. And I've identified another way, which is working beautifully. Um, yeah. and it's good because a lot of people are trying that and I'm like, it's not going to work. Like I'm sorry. It's like, it won't work today. It could work in five years or 10 years when the culture has changed, but right now it's not a chance. So, 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 um, cause I know that's a big thing of yours, like helping, helping founders that are outside of network like get into you know the, this realm get funded etc yeah uh, so what is what is c-scout doing now yeah so today we're similar uh similar type of product to, to startup job watch and like we're like kind of a database um not for jobs but for just startups that are raising capital so mm-hmm. any founder can come onto our website you don't need an invitation you don't need to pay you just literally come on to seedscout.com and you can list your list yourself on the database mm-hmm. and um, on the database, you're able to input like information about you. Like you're able to input information about your raise. You can input information about your background and your traction. And you, almost like it's like not dissimilar from MicroAquire actually. Um, mm-hmm. And then investors can come on on the other side and browse companies. And if they find one that they think is interesting, they just reach out to them on LinkedIn or they, you know, well, that's really the only way right now. Um, and it's all free. So we don't charge investors. We don't charge founders. So it's kind of this, like, we're kind of playing this middleman, but we're not taking a cut. Then there is a portion of what we do where there's some founders that are really impressive, but they need a lot of work. Like a database isn't going to cut it. Like they're still too raw. So we do a kind of like a micro accelerator thing where we take, you know, a quarter percent, half a percent, we actually get like fairly involved with the company. And we just, you know, at that point, we just introduce them to our network and just kind of go hard on, on the, on the warm inches. Um, and those so are the two that, ways that, that we that help. The, is that the business model like that, that you'll have a, a portion of their startups and if they go public or whatever, you'll, uh, you'll be up. That's where you'll, you'll make your money. So that's the long-term business model for sure. Like if we have like, you know, uh, 50 basis points in the next Uber, that's, you know, I mean, diluted down 70%, that's still, you know, millions of dollars, maybe even like billions if it's Uber, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing is that my my problem is that that isn't going to give us the cash flow in the short term to like yeah, build a company. Yeah, that's exactly so 
I've been evaluating different business models in the short term. What I'll probably end up doing is do some sort of enterprise like play where like, you know, we charge VCs, you know, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 a year to do like pretty much like get your dedicated scout. The scout uses our own database, learn like, like we will go deep dive on one to three markets, things like that. And we'll probably do an enterprise play because there's not that many VCs that can pay that much. But if we charge enough, like there's enough that will pay enough, um, you know, yeah. like, so that's, uh, we'll see though. I might change, we might change the model. We're not charging anything now, which allows us to be flexible on what we end up doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Uh, and, and you don't have to tell any numbers on this, but I'm, but I, I would imagine if you have like, um, a good amount of like in, investor, like interest right now, like you could charge, even if you charged a hundred thousand bucks a month right now, or 400 bucks a month, whatever, whatever your number is. That one thing I learned from rocket ship jobs is, um, I was charging the wrong, like, I was charging the wrong sector of the market, right? Like when I was doing rocket ship jobs, the people that were actually interested in what I was like doing, uh, I mean, look, there were job hunters interested in, in me highlighting these startups for sure. Um, but like their wallet is smaller, right? Like they're like, they're like, oh, I'll give you 20 bucks a month because you're highlighting these, these startups. But like when I started to really look at my list, I, I had angel investors and, and uh, VCs like more like on my list hitting me up like how'd you find this company like this is a very interesting company like i think that could be like a a play for you is like you know maybe you take like the you have the database i don't know how many startups you have on it like whatever let's say you have you know uh, uh you know 500 startups on it you you you're going to be probably like looking at that database more than anybody else or, or or you can so you can either like do what i did right sell the access to the database to cuz i wouldn't give it to investors for free they got too much money like i mean a hundred bucks, uh, you know, a thousand bucks, whatever your number is, 400 bucks, 20 bucks. I don't care. I would sell it to them. Like, like access to this database is going to cost you as a, as a found, as an investor, right? Founders free to put free to put your, your information up, but I would also give founders the ability to like take their information down very easily too. Because yeah. I think that's a, that is a, if I'm a founder, like I'm founding the next Uber. It's like right now, like when I'm, when I'm not Uber, it's like, everybody can have information on how we're growing because we're growing fast. But then once it becomes like we're getting funded and like the, pe- the people that need to know, know, I don't want everybody else to know. You know right. what I mean? That's how, that's how I would, I would, I would look at it, but you know. So that is, so, so I was charging investors. Um, there was a point just like forward thinking city got I'm such like a schmuck sometimes. Like I got about like a hundred investors to actually pay it an mm-hmm. average of like 30 bucks a month, 40 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that it was twofold. One, it was a huge signaling problem where like the best investors weren't paying because they don't, they think they, they have the best deal flow and they do like they, they have great deal flow. Right. right? And, they, and like they would do something for free, but like they wouldn't pay. And then additionally, if our data is as good as we actually thought it is, we should be charging 10x $30, 100x $30. So I kind of decided like four months ago, or no, it was recent. It was like two months ago to do it again and give every, like stop charging everyone, say goodbye to like the three grand a month and uh, um, kind of like do everything for free just so we can, I don't know, when we decide to charge again, like pick the right price point and for the right person. And it, you could kind of argue I'm dragging my feet on charging, but I, I have runway, so I don't have to, like I, I'm trying to just make the right decision at the right price point. I'm curious for you, so like speak what, to me about that. Speak to me about that. Yeah, I'm 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 doing it to you. I'm sorry. I got no. It's fine. No, it's it's fine. 
I, I think I saw on Twitter you raised money, right? Yeah, we raised about a little under 300k over the last year and change. Okay, okay, all right. So yeah, so so that makes sense then. That, that then what you're saying saying makes sense. If you didn't raise money, I'd be like, bro, you're 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 an idiot. You got you got you got to make money. But if you have money in runway, then yeah, figure you got time to figure it out. So and that's the thing that's that speaking of helping outsiders raise capital, this is like a huge challenge in the industry because most outsiders aren't able to raise, you know, money. And for me, I started with, like, I, I charged out of the gate with forward thinking city. Then I charged for seed scout. And I only stopped charging when I got, when I got like, there was a wave where I got about 120 K in a short amount of time. And at that point I'm like, great, I can stop charging. But yeah. the thing is m- most people need to charge just so they can afford the risk. And yeah. unfortunately, VCs like companies that don't have revenue at the earliest stage. So it's such like a yeah, such a problem, yeah. you know, like such a big issue. <laughs> well, well, so so I mean, look, uh, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a black entrepreneur, and then there's wor- there's there's people talk about like how it's hard as, as a as an African American entrepreneur to, to entrepreneur to raise money. I've never tried to raise money, so I can't really speak to it. But like. I think I think like um, I think people focus too much on raising money sometimes like you're making three grand a month. Right. Like doing this. And uh, I'm looking at it like I don't imagine your expenses are that high to like run it. Right. Um, and and granted, I'm not saying what, you know, raising money and going you're raising money and going after the big the big, you know, the big win. But I mean, you could have eat, I, if you were at three thousand, and I mean that was in a, a pretty short period of time, you could have easily got to ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Like as an individual, maybe you have one other person, like uh, you know, a v, a VA or something helping you. Fifteen grand a month for like most people is like a pretty good, pretty good amount of money. And if it doesn't take like the, your, the bulk of your time, like to me, that's where you like go. That's my that's my plan at least, right? It's like get myself to 15 grand a month, like or 15, 20 grand a month, like via like a project that doesn't take up like all of my time and then go for the big win. Cause I mean, look, to me, there has to be people that fight the system and people that understand it and just like make it work for them, right? I like I, I'm and then and then try to bring people up with them, right? So so for me on, on, my, on my side, it's like I don't have the uh I'm not, I don't want to try to like get funded because like, I'd rather, I'd rather just get my money, get the money like on my side. Like if I can make 15, 20 grand on my own, then if I want to go for a bigger play, then I will. Uh, but right now I'm just like, just get me the money so I can get out of my job and like feel great about it. Like, I, I mean, I have the money to get out of my job now from like a just cash standpoint, but I like it from a cash flow standpoint as well. You know. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're still spot on. Like for me, like, I kind of, my, if things go as planned, of course they may not. And then I do want to go into your Shopify app too. Um, Cause I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about that, but just real quick, finishing up on this. Um, if things go as planned, we'll like, we'll pick a business model that allowed, that kind of gives me, like we're making enough money where I can pay myself enough where I'm like, I have the cash flow too. So then when I approach investors, I'm like, Hey, we're making this much money. This is how much like I need to make. Um, and if mm-hmm. you don't like that, that's fine. Like it's my company. I can do what I want, and you're the one investing yeah. into it. So I'm kind of doing the same thing, just like with a venture back company, but yeah. pre big money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to get myself leverage um, mm-hmm. before I take someone's you know two million dollar check. Because that because that's the that's the hard part with the venture back. It's like 
it's like you have to like I, I talk like when I was when I was doing the startup job watch that was something that I was I would I would talk to people about or like write about sometimes like this company like for example I think it was uh ClickUp I, I wrote about and yeah. I was like ClickUp, I remember that newsletter <laughs> yeah super interesting company and what was most most interesting to me about them was like they hadn't raised like any money but I knew that they were doing a ton of revenue but then I looked at like somebody like monday.com and uh forgot who else I compared them to who had raised a ton of money and like from my like understanding it didn't seem like they were doing that much more revenue so like I would much rather in, in that case have been the click up than the monday.com and I'd much rather be the investor in the click up than the monday.com because I own more of this business that's doing a similar amount of revenue like what it doesn't make sense right and and I think sometimes founders um don't like just hear a lot of money like invested and don't think about like, but like if I, but like that now I've gotten a you know, certain amount of money, they're going to want me to hundred X their money. Right. Like, you know, uh, if I get $2 million, they, the, these founders, they mean, these, these VCs are going to be pushing me towards a $200 million exit or whatever the case. Right. Or I don't know. I don't, I don't know those numbers that well, but like, you have to think about like, what is the cap of your business? Right. And I mean, I know you're thinking about this, but um, I find that like sometimes people are like, no, they gave me this much money. It's like, I'm good with it. It's like, it's like, but look, man, that's not your money. Like that, that money is invested for you to grow your business. It's not like money in your pocket. So, so you gotta, you know, it's just a thought process. Yeah. For, I, 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 I might snippet that or clip that and just share that widely on Twitter and LinkedIn because <laughs> so a lot of first time founders, including me with my last company, don't really understand that it's not their money. It's it's for the business. Yeah. Um, to, to, to finish this uh, out, I want to be, um, I think we booked out 45 minutes for this. Um, are you good on time? Do you another like five, seven I, minutes? I, I can go another like 10, 10, 15 minutes. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 I can do max 15. Cool. Um, so you're doing Shopify stuff. Speaking of ecosystems that like, I know nothing about, I know nothing about <laughs> Shopify other than what I, I just hear, right. You know, how big of a deal Shopify is. What are you doing with Shopify? Uh, you know, the app, tell me about kind of what you're up to these days. Yeah, man. So, um, I, I mean, I'm always, you know, changing directions, which is good and bad, like, but I'm always learning. I like, I just like, I like the, you know, learning what's going on on the internet and having fun with it. I admire your your ability to like stay stay uh, focused on one thing. I think it's going to be good for you. But for me, yeah, I've, I've started looking into to Shopify apps now, and then largely the reason I've kind of gone that direction, I just I like the business model of software, right? So I wanted to go into software. I think it's a really good business model if you can do it uh, because you know build once, sell however many times you want as long as you you know have the best software or, or you don't even have to have the best software as long as you can out market and out uh customers satisfy everybody that's how i look at it so so what i did is like i went on the shopify um store there were like there were like five thousand five, shopify app store there were like five thousand uh apps at the time when i when i looked at it and i started trying to find ones that i thought would be like in my price range and the way that I figured out like would be in my price range was like, I kind of tried to think of like, if they have like a, a few amount of uh, like uh, reviews, then they probably don't have as many customers. And then we, I can kind of narrow it down. I just hold out outreach to thousands probably. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'd have a few, had a few discussions with a few different people and long story short, eventually come, came to a, a, uh, an agreement with this, this app called Pushlast. And what Pushlast does is we, 
help push uh, out of stock items to the end of people's collections. So that like when you come to somebody's store, instead of you seeing sold out, sold out, sold out, you will only see items that you can actually buy. So it reduces like the, the frustration from a client side and then helps also increase conversion from like a, um, you know, a merchant side. Right. So, so that, that, that's what it does. And I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. And, and like, like uh, startup job watch, the great thing is it's all reoccurring revenue, right? So we charge uh, $4, $4 a, a month for the product. It's all reoccurring. I think we have a 60 day free trial. Um, and one, one of the things right now, we're like lower price than anybody else in the market. We're like the lower price option, but like I'm working with my developer to like continue to make the product better so that then we can maybe have different like tiers of pricing, maybe even have one tier that's above everybody else. Maybe we, you know, uh, ingest like some different features that, you know, people may have like two or three Shopify apps. Now, if you're at our top level, you have, you just have to have one app that does everything, right? So we're thinking, you know, strategy wise, but I'm enjoying it because software as Mark Andreessen says, is eating the world. So I might as well get into the software business is kind of how I'm looking at it. And, and, and I want to better understand that. So that's kind of where I'm going that direction. And I guess like kind of on a higher level, just kind of wrap to round this out a little bit. Um, what, what are just, what are things that are happening in the world on the internet, on Twitter, Shopify? What, like, what are you thinking about? Like, obviously you the Shopify app, like what are other, what are you know technologies or trends or just a- any happenings that are kind of on your mind in the, this great world of like online entrepreneurship? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think like everybody else uh, on Twitter, at least uh, something that is, is highly on my mind is NFTs and web three and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I bought a few NFTs, uh, made a few bucks. At one point I was up like on paper, like $50,000. Uh, I didn't sell, uh, sadly, which I, I wish I did at this time, but I think it'll go back up regardless. I do believe that NFTs and web three is the future, but I, I also think that we are at like a, maybe a low period in regards to it. But I think, but, but I think that's, that's an important, it's an important low, right? I think when the, the low happens is when you find the people we're actually going to build the space. And, and what I think um, a lot of people are focused on is like buying NFTs and reselling them. I think what more people need to be focused on and kind of how I'm thinking about it a little more is like, how can you be involved in like the picks and shovels of the NFT space, right? So on TikTok, I, I've been making like content about NFTs and like how I see like um, the usability of, of NF- NFTs more so than like buy this NFT project because you're gonna make, become a millionaire. No, no, no. That's that's like buying lottery tickets. That doesn't. That I mean, it's cool, but it's not. It's not how I think the real money's made. I think the real money's made in like making your own NFT project. Like some to my, my, one of my my big thoughts is like if you are an influencer, like let's say ten thousand uh, fan followers or more. You should have like I think it makes a lot of sense that you could have an NFT or should have an NFT, right? And 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 it's easy to do that. You make an NFT that you know maybe gives access to a private Discord channel. You have ten thousand people that like following your content. They, these people would pay some amount of money for an NFT that they then get access to you, you know, via a, a, a private channel, right? So that that that's one thing. And then if they have that NFT, you can then give them uh, benefits past them past that one sale right you could say okay now anybody who has the nft i'm also going to be doing like a zoom 
on this day, like, you know, all my NFT owners will be able to do come come to this. Or like I made a new NFT like that's coming out. NFT current NFT owners will have first dibs on it, you know, for the first, you know, uh, you know, two days or week or whatever. You guys will have access to it. Everybody else won't. And you're seeing a lot of this start to happen with like Gary Vee's doing you know, his NFTs. Uh, Kevin Rose has, has an NFT that he just released. There's like uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, who's like uh, from, from Sex and the City, has a wine club that they have an NFT and that's how you get access to the wine. And what's cool about that is like, if that wine becomes like very, you know, hard to get and only the NFT owners can buy it, your the value of your NFT is gonna increase to get on the list to buy the, the you know, I can sell my face on the list to buy NFTs, right? So it becomes more valuable. And I think um, I think that's where the NFT value is going to come in rather than uh, like, you know, a picture of a, a ape or something like that, right? So I think that I think that's uh, that, that's something that's really interesting to me. Even though I'm very focused on Shopify, um, NFTs are also highly on my mind. Well, it, it's, it's like a ticket to a club, um, which is which is what you're saying. I've been thinking about them a lot with Seed Scout. I'm curious. I I, I want one question on NFTs. Um, and because I've been I've been pondering this. So part of me have been thinking, what if I didn't do um a plan where I charge investors a recurring amount, and I just issue like, you know, X many NFTs for like an investing club, and, and everything's free. But if you want like the analysis, sorry, everything objective is free. Like here's the data, do your own research. Here's the database and whatever. But like, if you yeah. want our take, you got to have an t- NFT. You got to have like, yeah. you know, and like, like if the business model wasn't like cash at all, but it was like web three or web three base, is that, are we too early for that? Is it too early to be thinking about that? Or am I like, do you think I'm right on that being a potential business model? No, I, I, I think, I think you are right in that potential business model, right? Like let's, because let's, let's play it out. Um, let's say you say, all right, we're going to have, we're going to send our, our thoughts on this to a hundred people who own the NFT, right? If you own the NFT, you will get our thoughts once a month on who are the best people on, on Seed Scout to buy, right? As your, as your thoughts become like more uh, well-respected, right? And like more people like, I would like Matt's thoughts on, you know, who I should be investing in. Yeah. That NFT value goes up, right? So like at, at some point, like let's say, let's say you, you originally sell it for, you know, a hundred bucks, right? Whatever, whatever the number. Uh, and then like, let's say a, a, a year from now, that va- the value of that NFT is a thousand bucks or, or 10,000 bucks, whatever the number is. And you get a, a, a portion of the, the resale revenue. That's really where, where your revenue comes in, right? It's like, okay, I'm one of the only hundred that can get, that's getting Matt's, you know, um, Matt's advice. Then it's like, maybe somebody's like, ah, I'm no longer doing investing. So I'm going to resell this, right? So I bought it for a hundred. I'm going to resell it for 10,000. And then you, you as Matt get, you know, 10% of the proceeds. So you get an extra 900 bucks or whatever that is. The challenge is, is that, you know, where, where does it become um, an amount of money that makes it worth it for you? And where does it come amount of money that like people actually think like that NFT is worth it to sell or buy or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and then also, I mean, you can also, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, reissue more nfts at, at, at points how does right? that work Wait, it's lost so i know we're pretty much rubbing against the the, the time i yeah. got one more question um yeah. 
so th- that's what I was wondering. Let's start an issue like a thousand NFTs, right? You get, you know, and let's say it's popular. Everyone buys them up. Great. You know, what if there's there, you know, three years goes by, they're now so expensive. Like, can I, yeah. How does the reissuing NFTs work? Does it need to be at the price of the other NFT? Like, how does this well, work? The thing is the wild, wild west, man. You can, you can reissue it at, at however you want, right? You can, <laughs> yeah. the challenge is now as a person who owned, if I own this NFT that, you know, has gone up to $50,000 in NFT. And then you're like, I'm going to release a new one that's, you know, the same benefit, same thing. Yeah. It's like, oh man, fuck you, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's like yeah. you, 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 you've increased the supply of, of my product of, you know, of what you've given me. Right. So, yeah. so it's a, it's a, it's a, it becomes a catch 22. It's interesting. Um, I mean, you can, but the good thing is like, you can like Gary V's doing this now, right. He has his V friends and he's coming out with V friends series two soon. It's not going to be nearly as um, it's not going to be as expensive. He's saying, and it's probably and it's not going to have all the benefits as, as the V friends, right? So you have what you do is like the original one, maybe like a, a pl- the platinum card now, and then I, re- I then like you know a year from now when that platinum card was worth you know ten twenty thousand dollars, it's like oh I'm going to release a a gold card. Yeah, so it's not going to have all the benefits of the platinum, but you know you're still going to be in the, on the in club. So you know if the platinum members don't. Like let's say you did you did like you started doing things like every every week you're gonna do a Zoom and it's like platinum members get you know first dibs right like plat- platinum members can come but if, if if it doesn't fill up from platinum members we'll then allow gold members to apply to come something like that you know? yeah it's interesting all right I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna think think more about this well anyways where can people find you where you know just you know as we end this out where can they find you online what's your Twitter where can they kind of connect yeah. if they want to learn more. Yeah, Twitter's the best place, man. So just check me out. I'm I'm talk to Henry J. Uh, and that's talk T O Henry J. Right. So it's not the letter, not the number two. It's talk and then T O Henry and then the letter J. Um, so I know bad branding, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It is, what it is. <laughs> so cool. hopefully uh, connect with some people. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Good catching up. Talk to you next time. Talk to you, man. Peace.